This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. We've got three out of that. Three tonight. hellos. Three hellos. Uh, I got a text this week from a friend. And uh, he's got a seven-year-old daughter, and he said he's watching clips of AOC, and he has a theory. Now, you tell me if you think this theory is even remotely possible. (laughs) He said, I think Trump planted AOC, (laughs) helped her win the election just to show how crazy the Democratic Party can be. And he said, my seven-year-old daughter, I think, is smarter than this woman, and she's in Congress. Do you think it's possible? collusion russia right that maybe donald trump funded her campaign to put her in congress to shine a spotlight on all this i suppose it's as good an explanation (laughs) as any (laughs) i said i would talk about tonight i wanted to get that i i I don't know it just Uh, seems i mean if you you had to go into a laboratory and create the perfect foil for donald trump in the run-up to a 2020 election now again this woman is, oh, believe me, I'm sure she's expecting to run for president, not in 2020, yeah. but the next one. Um, but she is the face. She can't run the next one either. Well, is she is she disqualified? She's 29 now. Okay. What, the next election would be 2024. No, 2028. Well, you know what? Listen, old enough. when has that ever been an impediment? That's just the Constitution, Chad. <laughs> True. It's, we we're electoral college. We're, we're, like... we're going to get rid of that stuff. I mean, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you, you can't really come up with. Um, a better face of the Democratic Party. If you're a Republican, than this than this lady. Um, yeah. Every day, there's new, bountiful, useful. You mean campaign when she went fodder. on? A, she got on a, a Facebook Live last week to talk about maybe we shouldn't have children sure. because it's such a dangerous place for them to grow up. Maybe you shouldn't have children. Okay. Well, the world's, I mean, look, at least that's intellectually consistent. The sure. world is going to end in 12 years. I guess that would be a cruel thing to do to your kids. So that that makes sense. No, the other stuff that I like even more is her tweet where she basically said, you know, hey, listen, um, if you don't like the Green New Deal, kind of tough for you because we're the bosses, yeah. you know? And, and there's actually, there's a, uh, the, you ever hear the Babylon Bee? No, there it's it's actually very funny. They're a Christian satire site, okay. And I think they had a recent headline about um, everyone in America who's never read a history book shocked that um, socialist becomes immediately authoritarian, you know, <laughs> upon taking power, right? Yeah, and that's and that she is she's so perfect because she's she's completely lacking in self awareness, and and this is her her shtick now is you will you will be made to conform yes right yes you, uh, will. you, you will do what do we say what or... the quote-unquote smart people yes. tell you to do and the amazing thing is that i think there's a realization it's kind of this hostage situation because i think there are people on the democratic side purely for reasons of political expediency they don't like the fact that she's front and center saying all these completely ridiculous things but they're too scared to challenge her. And why do you think that is? Because I think she has the pulse of the rabid sort of left-wing base. Here, did you read what she was saying the other day about she's going to make a list? Yes. Right? She's going to yes. start making uh, Nixonian lists. <laughs> of, she's very open about it. Of the people That's that what are she said not, last time. Right. She hasn't realized you don't say everything that comes into your head. She just says whatever she right. thinks. Of, of, the, of the members of Congress who are not on board, you know, the, the wreckers. Yeah. The records of the grand so, socialist experiment. So when when do the people who say Trump shouldn't tweet so much tell her to stop being on social media so much? Oh well, if ever you're assuming these people have any any sort of honesty or standards oh, okay. about how yeah. they approach that issue. My mistake. Right. I was assuming there yes. was honesty that there and was any there. there was any uh, legitimate and genuine issue. Uh, no, of course she'll never be told to stop tweeting. Although someone should 
someone who cares about the Democratic Party's fortunes, which I don't, no. should should somehow like tackle her yes. and, and prevent her from Let's you know here, whoever it was that at least deleted the frequently asked questions page from her Green New Deal. Do you think it was tre- deleted on purpose or accidentally? Oh, no, I think it was deleted on purpose. <laughs> See, I think they meant to delete it, but they meant to never post it and accidentally post it and said, oops, got to delete it. Oh, I agree with that. Okay. I don't think it was one of those... Um, uh, Michael Kinsley, he uh, it's a Kinsleyism, meaning they accidentally told the truth. Uh, <laughs> which you never do. It's a no-no in politics. Do they do actually that. let people see behind the curtain about what they actually want to do. Yikes. You know, we got to take that down. And then they tried to blame it on actually the Republicans <laughs> hacked our equipment. <laughs> they serious? they posted it first or whatever. It's like oh yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Well, it's interesting that the hacked version was similar in many ways to the actual version, sure. just without the FAQ. Right. So right. that sounds like something. If I'm trying to discredit you, I don't put up what you're going to put up anyway. So it makes no sense. Now, you brought up socialism and Newsweek had an interesting take this week. So I'm going to play a clip from Mike Pence at CPAC. And Newsweek like, is still a go is a thing online. online only. So let me play his clips real quick. It was freedom, not socialism, that gave us the most prosperous economy in the history of the world. <laughs> it was freedom not socialism, that ended slavery one, two world wars and stands today as the beacon of hope for all the world. Now, the, not the words, but the tone sounds very much like a, a minister to me uh-huh. when he's talking. That was at CPAC, and he was talking about freedom is the answer, not socialism. Newsweek posits that... Um, the slaves were freed through socialism. <laughs> now, let me, let me lay okay. this out for you because it's on its face it sounds ludicrous. He said freedom allowed the United States to have slaves under the Constitution. The freedom of the white man, not the black right. man. So, okay, I, I know where this is going, right? So socialism just becomes the action of the federal government. To take away That's property right. that yes. was legally so that, theirs. Except that's not socialism. This well, is the same nonsense that they spout about, oh, well, if the government pays for infrastructure, we're all doing socialism. No, no, we're not. No. <laughs> there, the, if you look at the Whig Party of the 1840s, and it, it disintegrated, and, and Lincoln came from the Whig Party, and most of the Republicans were Whigs. Uh they did have a lot of a infrastructure building, as you alluded to. They had a union men- mentality and bent. Obviously, I thought I had the Civil War. But the socialism aspect, we're talking about people, not not money per se, but actual indentured servants and, and chattel slavery. That's a lot different than somebody saying, I'm going to take all of your money and I'm going to use it to carbon offset all of my issues sure or i'm going to take all of your money so that i can so we can save the world because it's going to end in 12 years right these are these are very different issues i mean chattel slavery is horrendous and should never have occurred but it did and it's part of our history of our country but i think it's a long stretch to say socialism but under their mindset this is newsweek again saying well you know what's the big deal we've already done it We, we continue to do it well, Why the other, the other interesting thing is that, you know, there's nothing inherently um, in within socialism that would be opposed to slavery. Now, they, they've chosen this issue because, once again, in the world of the left, uh, OK, they've chosen to, which it is, describe slavery as evil. But we've talked about this before, is that for many of them. Truth is a is a power construct, sure. and so is morality, because sure. that's only about all this intersectionality. It's it's simply the uh, the standards that have been imposed by the patriarchy, the white slate. So for them, I, I would always want to ask somebody by what um, by what standard of morality do you actually oppose slavery? It, it's simply because these people happen to be African Americans, but. If you look at the history of socialism in and of itself, and this makes perfect sense, they have no problem murdering, killing, removing, um, creating serfs, different classes of people. If you stand in the way of the utopian project, you'll be swept aside because collectivism does not look at people and think you have an individual right Mm -hmm. to be to live as you desire and to be protected from the kind of evil that slavery represents. There's nothing intrinsically about socialism so, that would oppose slavery. So Pence, you agree with Pence. Freedom has allowed these things to happen, not socialism. Because AOC, inciting her Green New Deal, 
looked at World War II, where we were probably closer to socialism than any other time in our history, and she thought that was a good thing. We took all the collective income to win the war. Is that not, and he Pence is saying it's freedom that won the war, not socialism. I mean, it can, you look at it both she, ways. But she doesn't, I don't, all I don't she's agree with using, her. World War II to her is only useful insofar as she can say government had a tremendous amount of authority at that time to spend other people's money in a particular effort. And so she simply wants to claim that global warming is the same thing as fighting Nazism. Um, if you if you buy that, then uh, okay. But that that isn't even socialism, though. No, it, it's no, it it's simply not. But it's as cl- I think it's as close in this country as we've ever been to being such. Under the FDR, I'd say after the second term, certainly he was pack, trying to pack the court, trying to push through what I think are very un- unconstitutional um, laws. Ultimately, socialism is always about coercion. What's coercion and? But, that, but that's the point yeah. that Pence is making yeah. is that you can you can rail about the capitalist system all you want and the the inequities and the inequalities. But the socialist project always devolves into some level of government authoritarianism. Now, it's not always Pol Pot. Right. It's not always Castro. Okay, In the Western world, it's more about these sort of benevolent authoritarian Francois Mitterrand sure <laughs> um, but but if you listen again if you listen to the things that people like AOC say when they're I mean she doesn't have a filter but someone like Barack Obama when he's speaking before what he considers to be friendly audiences they let slip the idea that well um, we're going to do this for your good and if you're not going to go along with it you're going to be made to go along with it that that's essentially what they're about. They're not about dissent. <laughs> you know, dissent is the highest form of patriotism when Republicans are in the, the presidency. Other than that, uh, if you dissent from their uh, scheming, their central planning, you will be punished. Yeah. You will be made to shut up. You will be uh, you will be harassed by the government. And then, of course, in countries where this goes really far, you, you will be murdered. You will be eliminated because you have to crack some eggs to make the socialist omelet. So what someone was talking to me this week and they said, I don't understand the difference between socialism and communism. I feel like communism is an extreme form of socialism. Sure. But I don't know that if we look at Venezuela, how is that so much different it isn't. than Cuba? It isn't. You're right. It's just simply it's how how extreme does it become? And when does it become one over the other? I mean, when when, when does socialism in venezuela become communism because the system breaks down and everybody's whatever they're at what's going on there when does it become cuba because there's still there's still state supported genocide there's still still control of every industry there's seizing of of industries there's control of all assets coming in and out there's secret police that are you know that are at the behest of the state but why do we call venezuela socialist but cuba communist because they're not explicitly adopting the you know the the tenets of communism okay um but in terms of say adopted or not they still do right well in in terms of philosophy there really isn't very much difference there there isn't so that then that brings up the question social democrats or democratic socialists, wherever they want to put it, they're really just communists in disguise. They're well, they're communist light, maybe. I, I, I like to, to say I like to say I'm not going to say that they're communist light, but first of all, it is interesting. Uh, even you know these these august um, news organizations like the New York Times, they've always had a soft spot for communism. They have, right? I mean, yeah. again, we've talked about this. Fascist the, and they, communist. Yes, they somehow view Donald Trump. As the worst horror that has ever bestride the globe. And yet Which is ironic. you have people that will unironically and uncritically still say, oh, Cuba. Yeah, that's a that's a model. We did great health care. <laughs> Castro, Education. Hugo Chavez, yeah. uh, you know, all of these guys. And yet <laughs> someone like Che Guevara Who's an assassin? Mm-hmm. Who's who's a he is a murdering sociopath? We'll apologize for him. Yes, but we will demonize Chick Fil A, right? <laughs> well, Rush Limbaugh, right? All of these, all of these 
the the parade of horribles, the villains for the left, for whatever reason, they can never really muster the um, the moral indignation. Do you think it's the underdog that if they were if communism was the dominant force on the planet and capitalism was the underdog, would the New York Times support capitalism? No, no, no? I uh, for whatever reason, you know, the left is ultimately alienated from sort of Judeo-Christian culture. Okay. So anything that the West... You say left or progressive? Oh, I, I, the left. Okay, I'm, the left to me is, is the progressive left. Okay. Again, we talked about this. I, don't I just want to clarify for I don't listeners. really think there are any liberals, any classic liberals left in the Democratic Party. If they are, they're hiding in a cave somewhere. Not at the federal level, anyway. Not the federal level. I mean, maybe at the local level. Um, you know, J, JFK... Uh, that person doesn't exist in today's Democratic. He could not exist. That's why I always love hearing, you know, Reagan could never survive. Well, you know what? Reagan would be far more welcomed. In fact, I I think Reagan would be perfectly fine in today's Republican Party. Um, A guy like JFK with with what he believed, no, you're never going to make it. Um, Ronaldo's brothers got further and further from that. So I think there is this, um, this, for whatever reason, this reflexive desire among progressives to cast – Everything about Western civilization uh, in a negative light uh, as the as the source of all evil. There's no there's no ability to make moral distinctions. That's why you hear these people talking about you know Israel is the same as Hamas. No, no. no. U.S. Marines are the same as not. No, no, no. And so if you have that level of sort of moral asininity about your worldview, and I, I don't. I don't know what drives this, you know, this this sort of desire, because, again, you and I are not sitting here saying, oh, America is perfect, no. you know, our way or the Never highway. Of course not. I mean, it's incredibly flawed. We you could go through down through our history that the different atrocities that have been committed, slavery and a stain on this country. Forever, so yes. but but the problem is that the left wants to focus only on that. The left believes that America is on balance, a force for evil. In the world. That's okay. what they believe. Imperialist. Yeah. Right. Um, genocidal. Racist. All of the ists. Yeah. And they see nothing. They really see nothing good. And the only way it's going to become good. And they're telling is you got to put us in charge. And then we'll remember what's the classic Michelle Obama. First time I'm proud of my country is when my husband's elected because he's going to transform mm-hmm. this iniquitous evil country into something better and if you don't want to go along with the project, well, you're going to have to be silenced. Sure. That's the project right now. Sure. Right? We're just going to prevent people from speaking out um, speech codes. First Amendment is antiquated. we got to kind of do away with that because people are harmed by words, particularly words we don't like. <laughs> and that – but that – that slippery slope gradually becomes more, more and more coercive over time as they gain more and more power. Well, the Democrats had a chance – certainly from the, the liberal progressive side, hit 20 years from 1932 to 1952. They, they were in charge of everything. And we didn't have a utopia. We, we fought a world war. We came out of a depression. Some say depression was lengthened because of the policies of that progressive era. I, I look at these MAGA hats, and I wonder why people are triggered by words. There was a lady up in up outside of Boston who's going to be deported now because she was a Brazilian citizen who was here apparently illegally she swiped the hat off a guy in a bar right, I saw that. twice and did it in front of the police because she was triggered by that hat now i don't know if i'd walk into any place wearing a mag hat it's, it's kind of ugly frankly it's an ugly hat but the words make america great america great again think about that even if you come to, from the point of america was never great depends on where your, your perspective is uh is it is something wrong to say make America great? If you take off the again, is make America great in and of itself a bad thing for somebody to say? I don't even – see, I, I reject the whole idea that even saying make America great again, that's fine. You, you, you can disagree with that. You can point out that for many people America was never great and therefore this nostalgia for this bygone era that maybe never existed. It's a political slogan. slogan. Yes. Hope now, and change. Those are political slogans But that's too, a perfect folks. example because you said – I guarantee you that most people, because of the way the environment we're in now, and they see these repeated attacks, would you go out with your family wearing a MAGA hat? No. I don't, I don't own one, but I wouldn't, if I, I wouldn't wear because, it if I did. Because people understand, and, yeah. and the left loves to talk about you know, chilling effects. 
there has been a chilling effect now. The message has been sent. If you wear this piece of this accessory, a hat, mm-hmm. you will potentially be assaulted. Mm-hmm. You will be harassed. You will be spit on. You will be targeted. You, the media will descend upon you and make up fake news stories about your children. And so that this is the desired effect. We're sort of ruling out of bounds now because people like Alyssa Milano and, and other <laughs> geniuses say wearing a red hat is the same thing as a Klan hood. No, no, nope. no, it's not. And no. you're a moral idiot if you say that. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I don't and disagree you know, on no, this last Actually, you're so either stupid. a moral idiot or you are an intentional liar because if we, can't, if we can't distinguish between, let's see, people wearing Klan hoods, lynching American African Americans, burning churches, engaging in wholesale terror, mm-hmm. destroying families, rape, kidnap, murder, terror, and the people that wear your fellow citizen wearing a red hat—they're the same. Yeah. Is that going on anywhere in this universe? No. No. So when you say things like that, again, you're a moral idiot or you're a liar. Those are the only two choices. And people should call you out on that and say, when you say those types of things, that's what you make yourself. And by the way, you also completely trivialize and minimize the actual atrocities that do occur. Mm -hmm. You've now blurred them into nothingness. Because if everyone who wears a MAGA hat is a Klansman, then everyone is a Klansman, right? Well, yeah, I get to that point. And I think that brings us into the culture we find ourselves in today. As I was speaking to my wife today, um, we're both anti-abortion. I'm not certainly not in favor of abortion in any, any way, shape, or form, regardless of what trimester we talk about it in. Um, but the Democratic Party re- increasingly has embraced, let's, put, let's be very blunt, pro-choice means I'm okay with abortion. I'm allowing the women woman to decide, but I'm okay if they choose abortion because I'm letting them decide. I've heard people abdicate and say, well, I don't like abortion, but I think it's a woman's right to choose to kill the child. Uh, But the point was, my wife said, I think there's people, she's not speaking for herself, but I think there's people who look at the Democratic platform, the national platform, I'm talking about local politicians, and saying, okay, I can get behind the social side, I can get behind, maybe I, I like the Green New Deal, but I don't like the abortion, but I can, I can overlook that because I like all the other stuff. Now, from a secular perspective, I understand why they, that can be parsed out. I certainly, I, from a secular perspective, I don't think life is as valuable. And I will, I will stipulate there are many Republicans who are anti-abortion but are in favor of capital punishment for criminals. And you can say, you know, it really isn't a deterrent. And I would say I probably agree that it's not a huge capital punishment is not a huge deterrent now. But that that murderer is probably not going to be able to kill anybody else because they'll be dead. So that that's one thing. But the point becomes what how can as a Christian, let's say we put the capital punishment on the side for a second. How as a Christian can you vote for candidates, specifically president? Let's use president as, as the major example. And we've got a bunch of them running on the Democratic side that are in favor of pro choice. They gloss it over, but it's really I'm okay with the woman killing the child or allowing the, woman, the child to be killed. How do you stand up as a Christian? I don't want to be, I'm not talking about a one party or one, one issue voter. How, and, and if on the other side, how do we bridge that gap if there are fellow Christians who are okay with that? Well, I, I think I maybe have a slightly different view because I, I don't, I would never, first of all, the, the brotherhood and sisterhood of Christ is, <laughs> above and beyond supersedes any sort of political affiliations. I would never be in a position where I would tell another Christian, this is how you have to, uh, because of your faith, how you have to vote. Oh, not, not tell them how to vote. Just ha- or, or this is, this their, is the political party that, that you must This is the party support. you affiliate because with because of. Because here's the thing. Of- this goes down the road that I think um, that many people do that look at Republic from the other side, and they would say, well, you can't, you can't be a Christian and vote for Donald Trump. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's immoral, he's crude, he's vulgar, he's a misogynist, whatever. So if you're a Christian, 
that is the deciding issue. You can't possibly. And we've heard, we've heard that. Absolutely. So I don't see, I don't want to buy into that sort of analysis by flipping it around. I will say that if you are, because then you can point to all these different policies, right? Mm -hmm. All these different policy decisions. Well, you know, the, the, what you usually hear is sure you're pro-life, but you're only pro-life in the womb. Mm -hmm. And then you vote against all of these programs that help keep people alive. And so you're actually not pro-life at all. And you're a hypocrite. So I would simply say that as a Christian who's weighing political decisions, if you choose to be part of the political process, some Christians would say, I'm removed from that. Mm -hmm. I want nothing to do with it because... Rand Paul? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, just the idea... intervention. Just the idea that, you know, a Christian is not going to participate in that in that area of the world. It's corrupt. As far as voting? Yes. Mean? Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's corrupt. Um, it corrupt. God has ordained a secular government, but I am not going to be uh, participating in any way in that. There's Christians that believe that. I've, yeah. Um, I would say that any Christian right now who is examining the Democratic Party's position, increasingly radical and extremist position on abortion, although it's actually inevitable that they reach this point because mm-hmm. there was never any logical stopping point. Mm-hmm. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, someone's going to need to explain to me how uh, the laws in, well, I guess the proposed law in UVA, the law that's been passed in New York, and then the vote against Ben Sass's bill. Yeah. Uh, I forget the exact name, but it's basically the Born Alive Infant Protection Act. It's not quite called that, I don't think. Um, which, again, you, you hear you hear all of the uh, misrepresentations about this. Here's basically what it says. This is all it says. It has nothing to do with abortion. We're not even talking about a baby in the womb now. We're talking about a child that is outside of the womb that has been born. And what that act basically says is medical steps will be taken to keep that child alive. Mm-hmm. The Democratic Party, I think, with the exception of maybe three senators— uh, decided that they would not, they cannot vote for that law. Right. You're supporting infanticide. Yes. Yes. But let's not, I mean, let's stop sugarcoating this. I, I don't, there is no nuanced position on this. If you want to tell me, because again, they've lied about, there is nothing in the text of that bill that has anything whatsoever to do with abortion. Not a single word. They lie about that because that's the only way that they can actually defend the indefensible by saying, oh, I would restrict. It does nothing of the sort. Again, what it says is if a baby is born as the result of a botched or failed abortion, that baby will receive medical treatment in an effort to keep it alive, just like any other child in a hospital. And they can't even vote for that. So as a Christian, I would be taking a very long and hard look at how how could i possibly support this level of this is i mean this is beyond and again here's the thing as a christian if you're getting into parsing trimesters uh, i think you're kind of missing the point here all right but we're even so we're let's step into the secular realm where we have these arguments about trimesters we're beyond that now sure we're we're beyond crowning right Mm -hmm. We're beyond all of this. The Democratic Party is unwilling to support a bill that says you can't kill a child after it's been born and is alive from a failed abortion. They won't even support that notion. Well, I will say three Democrats did vote for the bill in the Senate. And Joe Manchin was one of them. A little bit surprising to me, but West Virginia said Yes, of course. But you're right. It, it does... And I don't know how to reconcile it. And I'm not trying to tell somebody how to vote. I'm not telling you what party to affiliate yourself with and how to approach that. But if we just take party affiliation off the board and you say one group of people that you want to support supports this, supports this infanticide, at least in New York and proposed in Virginia, maybe not on a national platform yet, but I didn't hear anybody coming out on the Democratic side saying it's awful so far. Have you? Anybody saying what's awful? That what's happening in New York and what's no, proposing they they were applauding so, at this. They, well, in New York, a, they were applauding major, certainly. But I mean, in, in the in the federal government, I haven't not. seen anybody in the Democratic they cannot, side or any the they cannot challenge the Holy Sacrament of abortion. They will never. So, they will never come out so and say this. Whether is it's part of the party platform or the belief system of the group of people that represent it, it's still there. On the Republican side, Tom Ridge was a pro-choice governor of Pennsylvania. 
He was pro-choice. He lost votes from people such as myself and others because he was pro-choice. Now, you can say that's not right, and I was a registered Republican at the time. I did not vote for him because of his pro-choice stance. Now, I liked a lot of other things about him. I thought he wasn't quite as strong conservatively as I wanted, but, you know, he was the governor, and that's, that's what it was. I struggle with this concept because we, we divide into two camps. You're either for me or against me based on what I believe, based on what you believe. And from the Christian perspective, I think it's all causing all kinds of havoc in the church as a whole. I don't, in I mean, I don't know that it's causing havoc. Uh, here's the other thing. Uh, and I've said this before. My position from a legal constitutional perspective is I'm not someone who says – I want the Supreme Court to step in mm-hmm. and outlaw abortion. From I find it to be a moral abomination. Mm-hmm. But we live under a system of government that I don't think that would be appropriate because my position on the Supreme Court is they never should have weighed in on this to begin with. So I would be content to have this decision remain where it should have remained before Roe v. Wade. Which so it has is, to be overturned. Roe v. Wade has to be overturned by the Supreme Court. Right. Go back to the but states but not to outlaw abortion. To simply okay. say the Supreme Court should have never had no ability to weigh in on this. The Constitution has nothing to say about these invented p- rights of privacy, penumbras, the, you know, the Harry Blackman ridiculous <laughs> a travesty of an opinion. And say it, this is now left again up to the citizens of the individual states to decide. Well, we know is where that, New York stands. Right. And is that, is that a perfect solution from a moral standpoint? No, it isn't. But the, the, so those are – that's my position legally. But here's the thing. The pushback to this, again, is going to be – how dare you suggest that a Christian, again, that this is the preeminent issue. There's so many other issues. Okay, fine. But here's the thing. All issues are not created equal. Mm-hmm. This is, in my view, an evil that is, is, compl- is a category different. You tell me, now again, I'm not a Trump voter, but you tell me, you tell me the thing that Donald Trump has done since he's been, you come up with the worst thing that you can think of that he has done. Okay. What the meanest, been accused of or well, actually done? That he has done. The, the meanest tweet, the, the most heinously wicked policy, I, I guess they'd have to go to separating children from their parents at the border. Or the, okay? or the All right, Muslim so, ban or whatever. Okay, or, yeah. okay right. Like so, or you've, you've prevented Muslims from coming into the country. Take your pick. In fact, line them all up in a big lump sum of wicked orange man badness and tell me – which one of those things is more evil than literally murdering a baby who has bo- been born or, or, or let's just say allowing to expire, mm-hmm. right? And we're just not going to – we're not going to revive it. I mean it's the same thing. If you have a child in the NICU, we're just going to let it die. Mm-hmm. You tell me whether any of those things are close to being on the same moral plane. If you think that, I'm going to have to say you're wrong. You're wrong and you're deluded. And you have allowed all of these sort of Orwellian euphemisms that have seeped into our culture when we talk about abortion, the uterine contents, right, the women's health care. No, we just had a vote. And other than three people, the Democratic Party decided we cannot go on record and support keeping a baby alive outside the womb in a hospital setting. Mm -hmm. That's that's a disgrace. It it is. Now, I I would counter murder is a sin so is coveting your wife your neighbor's wife sin is sin. Sure. in god's eyes a sin is a sin and there's no moral equivalence between them or difference between them and i don't want to get into the catholic definition of venial sins versus sure these are a sins a sin and and i'm really just focusing on the on the christian perspective not the secular because the secular world is going to do what the secular world is going to do and i i don't think they see a lot of issue with it unless it impacts directly on them I'm looking at inside the church, not again as a group of church. Uh, th- there are people who are okay with that in the Christian church, Christian yeah. evangelical church, who are okay as that issue. They're okay, pro-choice. They are, they think that is fine. Maybe not for them personally or for their spouse, but they think in general that's fine. Is that because they've been led to believe by? 
everything around them as they've grown up that it's okay and you should not nobody should be able to tell you what to do with your body is it that the are we talking about the freedom from mike pence where you have the freedom to say you can't touch me and you shouldn't touch them or is it they just don't understand what they're actually advocating i don't i mean i don't know um i know people like that i know sure but and again even though uh, even though this there it wouldn't be theologically consistent to to again sort of like well it was okay when it was limited to the first trimester okay that that's not a christian perspective on no. this so, but i can at least understand superficially when it was remember the platform was safe legal and rare yes the democratic party that's completely abandoned we it is now we don't really it is on demand, unrestricted, no questions asked. Rare, it's actually celebrated. We don't care whether it's rare. Um, we barely care whether it's legal. I'm not sure. Again, legal simply means the mother can actually choose to kill her child even when it's out of the womb. I'm not sure now how that sort of now goes when a woman controls her own body. The body is now completely separate. Yes, they are not the I same I mean, even person. though that's a, that's a complete fallacy to begin with. It's, you know, yes. sophistry. You have a second body inside of you. It's not yes. just your body. Yeah, you're not but, making a decision. But now they can't even make that argument. So the trajectory here now is they are so extreme. Even, by the way, you take polling of just secular America. Abortion is becoming increasingly unpopular, uh, unpopular outside of the first trimester. So you know how the media always loves it? There's never been an extremist Democrat. There's, <laughs> there's only extremist Republicans. Yes, of right? course. Every, everything that Republicans or conservatives believe is extreme. Democrats are moderate within the mainstream. Their position even before this further lurch to the left has been well outside the mainstream. Um, I think part of it is that the media has done such a good job of obfuscating what actually goes on, right? You're not allowed to talk about this. Um, we, you know, because again, when you when you describe what actually goes on in an abortion, hmm. no one wants to hear that. No, 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 we're not allowed to. Most people don't want to hear what goes on in a pregnancy either. So to be fair, right? But I mean, you know, the whole thing, uh, what what goes on, the crushing with the force. Oh, don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, so we've we've somehow prevented having any sort of honest discussion about the barbarism of these procedures. So where does the establishment clause come in here? Because, and I know it's a stretch, but my tax dollars, some portion of my tax dollars, are going to fund Planned Parenthood, federal funding for abortions. Now they can claim it's you know this funding <laughs> or this fund, and that's we, right. We we we've, just we've carefully accounting it trickery, off. but the reality it doesn't is, matter. At least one person, I'm going to say two people in this room, are paying taxes that some portion of which is funding something I'm morally against, and somehow that's okay, but I can't have the Bible read in a school, in a public school. That's, I mean, they're two different issues, obviously, but it's still federal funding paying for these things, and we're still, it's okay because they want it. If I don't want it, it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of a difficult debate because well, they broadened it not me no but the, but then of course then the issue becomes well then i shouldn't have to pay taxes because i object to the military because i'm my religion i'm a pacifist and therefore any money that's diverted to the military i oppose that and so i i i think the system they're called then, the amish well <laughs> sure but there's others i mean you, you could pick almost any policy position where you could say eh, you know my faith precludes me from supporting this and I, or I want to earmark. I want to only earmark my tax dollars for certain things. I don't disagree, but how do we separate this? How, how is it? I have to pay for things I don't like, but they don't have to pay for anything. They don't like nothing ever comes out of their tax dollars for things. They don't like. It's only what I don't like. Well, actually it does because if they had their druthers, the defense department would get no, none of their tax. Well, some of them. I think there's some Democrats who think there should be a sure, offense. sure. They'd be enough to have a few dinghies with. They want uh, the police to come to their gated communities whenever there's problems. Right, so right. they still so, want. So I mean, some believe support. me, there would be a whole host of things that were on, let's say, a conservative wish list that they would immediately. Yeah. They'd use the line item veto and say, sure. no, no, they're not going there anymore. And I'm, and I'm not suggesting that you should be able to pick and choose which taxes you want to pay based on where it's going. That's not my suggestion. But if it's good for them to use the establishment clause. Why isn't it good for me to use it? But for why, the same when purpose? you say they're using the establishment clause, I mean you this, can't have you can't establish. So there's a cross in Maryland for forty nine 
uh, World War One veterans or soldiers who were killed. And as a cross, it stood for 100 years. Somebody drove by and said, I'm offended by that cross being in a public space that's owned by the, the town. I want the, the arms chopped off, so it's just a pole. Sure. They, they said establishment. The community, which is a public well, this place, is, established a, a religion well, that I don't like. Right. Well, this is, again, I mean, this goes to the, the debate, the perversion of what it means to establish a religion. And this, this is the fight. And sure. we've talked about multiple issues here that the secular left would like to gradually remove from all public spaces um, – only, they're not interested in all religions, no, of course. No, no. I mean, they'll never touch Islam. Well, they okay. won't anytime soon. I think they will eventually. But uh, not anytime soon. No, I think there's too much intersectionality that goes well, on that there. They have, a, they have a whole bunch of problems with their various grievance groups. But nevertheless, yeah, this is the debate right now. This is uh, – this, this ratchet effect, they will continue to attempt – uh, using the courts to further and further erode and restrict religious liberty. There's no question about that. Interestingly, you bring this up. Either today or the other day, I saw that Elizabeth Warren gave an interview where she was asked about Mike Pence. And she was, I think the the context was that Joe Biden had referred to Mike Pence as a decent yes. person. Yes. And Elizabeth Warren was asked essentially, well, you know, given Mike Pence, now Mike Pence, a devout Christian, given his views about LGBT, about gay marriage, mm-hmm. what do you think about that? And she said, no, no, he, because of those views, he is not a decent person. Now, now understand what she is saying. <laughs> what she's basically saying is that any person who is a Catholic, a Christian of any type, um, who believes or in a Muslim, well, that's true who believes in heterosexual marriage, right? That God has created man and a woman. Um, You are not just wrong about that. Mm -hmm. That view that is, this is not some extreme, well, they want it to be an extremist position. This is the position of every Judeo-Christian faith going back for thousands of years. And they want to basically now say, you're indecent, if you believe that you are you are guilty of hate, mm-hmm. you are someone that should not be permitted in polite society. The, the Southern Poverty Law Center will target you as a hate group. Your ability to speak will be infringed. Your ability to become a public servant, maybe a judge should be removed. This is the direction that we're going in. And I want someone it will never happen in the media to ask Elizabeth Warren are you saying that it is impermissible for someone? What if someone who is a Christian, are you saying that it's not just impermissible for them to vote against okay, gay, recognition of gay marriage, right? Are you saying that they're committing a thought crime that even if in their private religious faith and their morality, if they believe that, which is consistent with one of the bedrock foundations of their religion that renders them basically an unperson. Mm-hmm. And if she's honest, and if most of the left are honest, they would say, absolutely. Yes. This is what's going on. Well, Mike Pence is, my knowledge, has never uh, advocated uh, harassing, harming, uh, institutionalizing. It doesn't matter. Anything to do with that community. Now, he, he was the governor of Indiana when they passed the bathroom law. But that didn't didn't say you couldn't use the bathroom. It just said you had to use the bathroom of your actual gender, not or sex, not your choice that day. I, I'm not sure. To your point, I'm not sure what you do with that because it 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 basically it's the basket of deplorables right. rewrit. Well, and again, and what when you say you're not sure what you do with that, what that ultimately calls into question is. How do you live in a in a, a pluralistic society with people that are simply unwilling, unwilling, right? The whole notion of pluralism is you're free to be an atheist. Mm-hmm. You're free to be a worshiper of the Haley Bop Comet and wear your Nike sneakers, right? Yeah. We have but but that of course has always been a lie as it relates to the left, mm-hmm. because they're not interested in pluralism or tolerance or any amount of diversity beyond skin pigment diversity, Mm -hmm. they are interested in a monoculture 
that believes only the things that they decree are appropriate. On and that it, day. On that particular day, because, yes, day. it's uh, the, the rules change. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm not sure how Elizabeth Warren uh, or any of these other people that decide that because you don't believe what they believe, you're now not just misguided, right? You're not, you're not wrong. You're someone that really should have their rights curtailed and be written out of the public square. You don't have a, you don't have a um, a healthy body politic when you have that type of attitude among half of the country, and that's where we are right now. So shouldn't Elizabeth Warren and whoever else espouses that? Because Biden backpedaled out on his comment. Oh, of course he had to. Uh oh. You mean I said I said Mike Pence is I, decent? No, 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 no. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean when, that. When it comes to the other thing, he's a he's a troll. So they should be required to articulate. What would you do with Mike Pence since you believe he's not a decent guy? What should happen to him in your view because he doesn't advocate what well, you advocate? Well, I can tell you what should happen. No, but him. they should have to articulate. It should be on the record. This is what I believe, and they should have to stand well, up they, to it. Well, they're actually being increasingly emboldened to say exactly what they then think. Then they're idiots. Which is, That's stupid. Well, no. In other words, what they are saying is, at a minimum, you're not qualified to, to well, be the vice president judge. of the United States. Yeah. Uh, you really shouldn't be in any position of authority anywhere. Maybe yeah. maybe you should have your business destroyed. Mm-hmm. Maybe your family should be targeted. And and essentially, you should be ostracized and silenced. That is their approach. So one of the, the topic of this whole section was sometimes you talk about people not being on the same page. Are we even in the same book? Between What's these, the book? That's the problem. Are we even... We read one book and they're reading another book. I mean, I, I've said before, and I think other people have articulated this better than I, that Republicans disagree with how to get there with their Democratic brethren. The Democrats call you the devil and hate you because you don't agree with them. The, Demo- the Republicans just say, well, I disagree with your methods. Maybe they should be stronger about that, but I just – we we both want to get there. We both want sure. Best and and to, look, to be fair, you know, there's people on either side that lob these kind of grenades, and so there's there's certainly Republicans that you know that hate Democrats and demonize them. Well, here's the more I think here's the more difficult question for you and for you and I to grapple with, and all Christians to grapple with, which is, regardless of these intensifying political divisions, this animosity that is I think just growing leaps and bounds. I think social media just makes this. Uh, It's like a force multiplier. Yes. Okay. As Christians, we're called to find a way to overcome those things. Mm -hmm. Because if we take seriously the Great Commission, if we take seriously (laughs) that we actually have to bring the gospel to people who hate us, Mm -hmm. um, which is exactly what Jesus said to expect from the world, Mm -hmm. then it's it's not adequate for us to sit here and say, well... The, the 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 divide is unbridgeable. It's certainly it's certainly unbridgeable from a human perspective. All I think right? that's the key. So yeah. but and so this is this is a challenge. This is a challenge for someone who's a Christian um, because you are going to be called again. You can be as loving as you want, uh, as welcoming, as hospitable, as kind. Right. You can demonstrate all of these things. But increasingly, you will be classified as a hater and a bigot. And demonize solely because these are the things that you believe. Mm-hmm. And what 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 the difficult part is, the calling is, is to say you have to find a way uh, to not return uh-huh. evil for evil and to actually reach out to those people mm-hmm. with what you believe is the good news. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's a, that is a challenge. That's a you challenge for me. You yourself an evangelical. That's that's what we are, right? Yeah. Well, inside the church, it's incre- I feel it's increasingly difficult. I think there's a divide. It there's is a social it is divide, difficult. and I I don't want to say it's completely based on age, but I think there is some age component to it. But there is a divide. There's there's a group inside every church that wants to go in a more social activist manner, and there's a group that doesn't want to go in that right but and this doesn't and again the the the, there are there are compounding challenges here this also doesn't mean that you don't speak the truth okay so because the reaction to that i think among the church and we see this happening with many churches where they are well the reaction is okay we can't we don't like this fact that the culture is now really 
they hate us. Mm-hmm. And so our ability to win back, you know, get them back in our and their get ourselves back in their good graces is we're just not going to talk about the stuff that Jesus said that causes uncomfortable moments. Well, I don't, yeah, I disagree with that. You got to no, but, that, but, that, but that's you... but that's what's been happening. I agree. I agree. And so, hey, great. And and this goes to your point. So we're going to focus solely on we're going to do good works, mm-hmm. and we're going to, and that's all fantastic. And we are called to do that. Our life should reflect those things, but not when you're sacrificing the gospel, right? Because ultimately, it has to come back to the truth of who Jesus Christ was. His life, mm-hmm. his death, and his resurrection. And if you can't talk about that, and all you're going to do is we were just at the homeless shelter, and we were, that's great. Yeah. That's not the gospel. That's not Christianity. No. And you're not saving anyone. Yes, not by works are you saved. Yes. So, the, I mean, it is, uh, look, I don't have the answer for this. Well, I don't it's, either. Very, it's a very difficult time in our culture. And people might say, what do you mean it's very difficult? There's no persecution. You're right. You're right. We have no idea what persecution is, but not by comparison. I don't think this country has ever been in a place um, where the Christian faith has been so demonized in the sense that it used to be, okay, there it's quirky. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's the God squatter, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Don't talk to me about Jesus, please. But no, no, the, the, the prevailing view, certainly among the secular progressive left is, it's now not just about, please don't, please don't proselytize to me. Mm-hmm. It's, no, no, you are actively a hater. Mm-hmm. You're a bigot, right? Whatever, whatever is you want to append to that. And so we can, we can essentially discriminate against you mm-hmm. because now, again, the gospels, they say, expect this. Yeah. This is what you should be expecting. This is what the Christian church in uh, most of the Western world has been insulated from. Yep. You know, go somewhere yeah. where our brothers yeah. and sisters are actually being being killed yes. and imprisoned. Yes. Still, this is going on is right now. Gonna, and it's going to continue going. I think it's become more socially acceptable. I, I think 100 years ago, there were still groups that didn't like the, the Christian group in the country, but it wasn't socially acceptable to out them or, or uh, discriminate against them. I think it's become socially acceptable. And maybe it's because of social media that it seems like you can just shout from the rafters and scream the loudest, and therefore it's okay to call you. It all devolves to Nazism. Right. You're, you're a Nazi, you're a bigot, you're well, that's, a hater, that's, everything, because you don't agree that's the with me. It's default epithet. But I think and, it's socially acceptable now. It wasn't. It is. And again, this is, not, be look, look, this is not some woe. This is not a woe is us. No. 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 It is. Um, well, but I, it's I, the world we have to live in. It's the world we live in right now, and we have to be able to cross that divide to the secular world and it's hard and to our fellow christians because it is increasingly easy to be part of your tribe because yes. that's what they want their entire project for this for the secular left mm-hmm. is all about collecting people into their little groups their insulated groups and never never straying beyond that because we don't care really about individuals. We care about group rights and group grievances and what those groups are entitled to because of various, you know, intersectional qualities. <laughs> but Christians have to avoid retreating into our own bunker and doing exactly the same thing because that's the that's the human instinct, sure. right? Well, I want I want to surround myself with people that like me and I like and like to talk to and hang out with. I don't want to put myself in a situation where it's uncomfortable or I'm made to feel like I'm second class or outclassed, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's where the struggle becomes. I'm seeing this internally in church, and I'm seeing it externally becoming more bold. The, the secular left is becoming bolder at telling me you're wrong because of your beliefs, because they don't share sure. my well, beliefs. Well, and I mean, there's, there's prominent Christians, um, a guy named Rod Dreher who is a pretty prolific blogger. He's a, he's a Christian. And I think um, he his model now, because he's very attuned to what's going on in the culture, and he's very alarmed by this, and he mm-hmm. keeps pointing out, you need to take seriously what these people are saying they want to do to you. And his approach now as a Christian is essentially to say, we need to basically remove ourselves from, from this culture uh, because there's nothing good is going to come from staying in. I don't agree with that. But... Um, they call that the Bible calls it to be separate, but not removed. I mean, separate in that we stand apart because right. of our I beliefs, him, not separate from society. Yeah, 
Um, I think for him, it's this sort of uh, defensive position that has become has become again. I don't agree with that, but these are the these are the kind of things that are now being discussed within very mainstream kind of Christian circles. I, I don't. I agree. I don't. I don't think that's the right. And he's a very, I mean, I actually like reading his stuff. I don't agree with all of what yeah. he writes. He's uh-huh. a very intelligent guy. And I think he's also a very, um, he takes his faith seriously and he thinks, thinks deeply about it. But yeah, uh, I don't, I don't look, I'm not sitting here saying I'm, I've got the answers to this and oh, I've, and I've done this well in my own life all the time because I haven't. And it's so easy to get sucked into mm-hmm. this, this back, this political sniping mm-hmm. Uh, and who knows? Maybe people that listen to this podcast say, "Yeah, you're doing it right now." You told these people they were moral idiots. <laughs> that's what my, I guarantee. That's what my wife would say, and, uh, may, and maybe she's right. I think so. It, it's a challenge for all of us to how do we bridge this? Um, and I don't know the answer. Not, that's why I brought it up because I don't know the answer. My wife made me think about that because we do have a, an obligation to bridge it internally and externally. And I think the, the divide internally is getting larger, and the external is been there and it's getting worse as well i don't know what to do with it but i'm just bringing it up and just maybe a chance to vent that and say what do we do how do do i have to take a look at myself and say you know what i think we all do because i i I talked about this a while ago but i removed myself from political affiliation i'm not affiliated with either party at this point and that's by choice because while i may tend to agree with more of what the republicans platform is i don't agree with all of them and I certainly don't agree with most of what the Democrats say. So I feel like I can't be I can't affiliate myself with either direction and say Green Party? No, not Green Party. <laughs> not even Libertarian. Libertarian is a party, though they don't have any primaries. I'm I'm unaffiliated. I'm totally independent. That means I'm probably gonna vote more Republican than anything else, but I, I want the I want the freedom to say I am not of you. I'm still separate. Maybe Rob would like this. I'm not of you, but I'm part of this world, so I still feel obligated to vote in elections. But I don't feel obligated to say I am a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian or Green Party or whatever. And that's my personal decision. And, I, and part of this stemmed from the 2016 election. I was disgusted by how it all worked out. I did vote for Donald Trump, but we've talked about this time and time again. Why I voted for Donald Trump was the moral alternative was Hillary Clinton, and I couldn't do that. Yeah. And I, I don't like – I didn't like either candidate from a moral perspective – and yet I felt obligated to choose one, and I chose, sadly, the lesser of the two morally, maybe more morally, morally repugnant. I don't know. But it, this is where we're at, and I, I don't like it, but this is where we're at, and I have to deal with the world as it comes, not how I wish it was. I'm not – you know, the, I saw a cartoon this week that the Democratic Party had to change their, their logo. It's now got a unicorn instead of a, whore, <laughs> a donkey because obviously everything they want is magical. Uh, I'm not quite to that level where I think, you know, this is what it should be, but this is what it is, and I'm struggling. I am struggling. I'm telling that honestly. I'm struggling how to how to bridge this divide because there are people I share a Christian belief with who I politically am diametrically opposite in my beliefs, and that's a struggle because I don't want to be – I don't want to be angry with them, and I don't want them to be angry with me because I think we have a lot of work to do to try to get the rest of the world um, – to follow Jesus. And I don't know, I don't think we're, I don't think I'm causing any positive momentum in the right direction by arguing back and forth with my fellow Christians about how to yeah. do that. I think I'm, 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 I'm not winning anything over for the kingdom, you know, as we talk about. That's, agreed. that's me. <laughs> no, agreed. Um, so let's change the subject real quick before we end. And this is kind of a joke a little bit. Uh, Michael Cohen got to talk for three days, <laughs> a little bit of a joke <laughs> for three days. I'm not honest. I'm being very honest here. I do not know why he was in front of Congress. Yes, you do. I, I, for the political spectacle, spectre of it. Of course. But from a from well, an actual a- reason, all they did was trot him out to say that Donald Trump was a liar, a racist. That is a the reason for three days. That is the reason. But this is ridiculous. They didn't call. They didn't call Manafort. They didn't call Flynn. They called. Cohen. It's a it's a Lanny Davis oh. Democratic Party production. This is what you get. Look, they won the election. The they now can run the circus. They're going to trot this guy out. Look how bad Donald Trump is. Oh wait, we didn't know this already. Oh, none of this was known. Yes, hiring Michael Cohen was a bad decision on all levels. Look, no I mean, question. Here's the thing. 
Trump has surrounded himself with miscreants like this guy. It doesn't speak well of him at all that this was his lawyer and his fixer, (laughs) this completely amoral slime bag who's now, you know, who's now facing prison time and he's out there playing to the chorus because who knows, maybe that gets him something. I don't know what. Uh, And it brought back to light. For those who don't know, Donald Trump owned the New Jersey Generals and USFL for two seasons before the league folded. Um, he didn't own him the first season. He was the reason USFL folded. And I was listening to a six-part series on that and realized he's kind of a slime ball in that he only thinks about himself at all times. Mm, not and, That's not a newsflash. That's not a newsflash, but it was a reminder of why. And I'm sitting there going, I know I voted for this guy, but I really don't like this guy. I don't like how he acts. Uh, I don't, I'm not even going to talk about the UN summit or the North Korean summit because nothing really happened. He didn't go after the warm beer kid, right? Which let's put that in perspective. Should he have called out Kim while he's standing there? I don't know. Same thing with Putin. Was she have called Putin out when he was in Helsinki? I, I don't know, but. The part I'm struggling with is why was Otto Warm Beer in North Korea in the first place? And why did he think it was okay to tear down a propaganda poster? That doesn't excuse what North Koreans did to him. But why did why was he there? Nobody's ever explained that to me. Yeah, what I was don't. he doing there? He shouldn't have been killed. He shouldn't have been imprisoned by our definition. Look, on North Korea, again, I have I have no tolerance for, for any of these people. Uh, first of all, it, it, Trump can't win. It doesn't matter what he does. No. It, you know, remember at the beginning, at the beginning, what was his last year? Year he was going to blow up the Earth like yes. Marvin the Martian because yes. of his mean tweets. Yes. The whole Earth was in danger from the mean tweets. Now he's being mocked because oh, you're you fool! You know you're Charlie Brown, and he's pulling the football away. It doesn't <laughs> matter if he goes; it's bad. If he doesn't go, it's bad. Yes. If he agrees, if he if he forges some. Of course, pointless agreement that North Korea is going to immediately violate. Um, Then that's terrible as well. He's an idiot. If he doesn't do that. So all of this is just complete nonsense. I just refuse to listen to anything the media has to say about this. Meanwhile, meanwhile, their hero, the light worker. Did we hear any of this with the Iran deal? Right. No. If Trump had done the Iran deal. He would be pilloried to the end of the earth and justifiably so. It was collusion, obviously, with the mullahs. The thing about i i take him at his word on its face that's that's insane that's just what north korea demonstrates (laughs) is you have almost no options once a country already has nuclear weapons yeah how are we going to force them to comply with this we can't that's the problem it's been the problem through the bush administration and the clinton administration both bush administrations mm-hmm. it's now the obama administration did nothing and trump will be able to do nothing i will give trump credit for one thing is that he actually knows to walk away from the table now you yeah. may say <coughs> why did he even bother is this the right time that's fine but our corrupt press i don't i don't care about any of the reporting about this and I don't know that there is a solution to this. There is no magic bullet here. Well, we've taken we've sanctioned North Korea to the point where they're not getting anything except from China. So the reality is we can't do anything short of actual military action, which I don't think this is, is the ideal. reason. This is the reason that Obama's Iran deal is one of the worst pieces of it's not even diplomacy capitulation because Iran didn't have a nuclear Mm -hmm. bomb Mm -hmm. and they almost guaranteed that they will even though in their opposite world they were claiming that they were preventing this sure somehow sure by allowing them to continue to spin centrifuges and sending them cash infusions Mm -hmm. and having a farce of an inspections process all of this and that's the key distinction we had options sanctions were working because they didn't yet have a nuclear weapon they still don't but they're getting closer, and it's going to happen sooner or later. Well, somebody's going to sell them the technology if they don't have it. I mean, money talks. People will give you whatever you want if you have enough money to give it to my them. My favorite, I've mentioned this before, one of my favorite quotes about the media and sort of summing up the Obama years is from Ben Rhodes from a New York Magazine piece or, where he, he said in talking about the Iran deal, um, the media literally knows nothing. 
<laughs> we created this is this is Ben Rhodes, okay, Mister Fiction Novelist, yeah. who was the yeah. also the geopolitical savant that was uh, <laughs> working with Barack to save the world. We created an echo chamber, and they wrote what we told them to write. That's perfect because that's exactly what the media is: court stenographers for the Democratic Party. That's it. You're right. You're that's right. it. And the, the amazing thing is he's saying this to one of his helpful minions, almost kind of spitting on him. Like, and it's kind of like, may I have some more, please? Yes. M- more abuse? Like, he, he has so little regard for them that in The New Yorker, he's saying this openly. You guys are a bunch of fools. You're court jesters. We just gave you a narrative and you ran with it because we knew you would. Yes, you're that foolish. I don't think there's ever been a country this isolated economically with with nuclear power. Or not even nuclear power. This isolate. Short of a regime change, I don't know how this backs down. And I don't think, even if there was a regime change, it would just be another general or another hardliner to this sure. so this isn't the Soviet Union. I think folks need to understand that this is a country isolated. From the world, effectively. Yeah. Soviet Union was not isolated from the world. They were involved in everything. This is a country that basically got a little bit of lifeline to China, and that's it. They got nothing else of any sort of anything. You know, maybe Imperial Japan in the 1860s might be an equivalent without the nuclear weapons. This is bizarre. I mean, and well, don't forget about in India and Pakistan. Yeah. They're going toe-to-toe, and guess what? They both have nuclear weapons, and they hate each other. With a passion. They hate each other. They would love to destroy the other one. That's not working out so well, but it, it's always been on a knife's edge with, between those two. So ever since a- anyone who says that they have the solution for North Korea is lying. They're, because there is no good solution. I don't think there's a good solution. I, there's only one solution. It's either North Korea doesn't exist or it exists as a dus- different uh, yeah. regime. I mean, we, I we'll have to, on happen. another show, discuss, because this has always fascinated me. While we, we have this sort of you know unwritten rule that we don't assassinate foreign leaders, um, and, not successfully anyway. <laughs> no, but I mean, given given what else we do, yeah, like why wouldn't we, as one of the things we would consider, say we're just going to eliminate him? Now, to your point, well, who fills the vacuum? The next crazy yeah. psychopath. Uh, it doesn't. Um, doesn't help that's us. part of the problem with regime change. You know, yeah. as as the as the Secretary of State Clinton and Obama learned, you know, in Libya. Yeah. It's like, oh, gee, See, we, I think we removed this bad guy, and it actually got worse. Yeah, well, he stayed more of a terrorist hellhole. I feel like Iran regime change could lead to a somewhat more yes, moderate it's possible. I don't feel that way about North Korea. I no. don't think it's even remotely possible. There's no moderate in North Korea. Yeah, but, you're, you're right. But there, still there, alive. Is no, there is no factions, no moderate factions no, going like, to take over. Yeah, who's going to take over? Uh, uh, nobody? Okay, that, that sounds good. So we've got lots to discuss, but it's been a very interesting show tonight. Uh, well, I guess the audience will be the judge of that. Well, I think it's interesting. Whether they think it's interesting or not is up to them. If you've got comments, give me a call. 717-739-5432. 717-739-5432. Give us your thoughts. If you've got a solution to the Christian-unChristian uh, hate and secular world hate, give us a give us a solution. I'd love to hear it. Uh, we'll dissect it and probably tell you why Tony thinks you're wrong. No, not necessarily. He might think you're right. I, I don't even know. It's certainly possible. Uh, but let us know. That's all I got tonight, Tony. You got anything? I am fini. Fini. Oh, that, he's he's French for finished. Uh, <laughs> just want to translate that for you if you don't want to wear I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. <laughs> This has been a Hannah Tree production.